Hello and welcome to the coziest weekly MTG of the year. Uh, I'm your host, Blake Rasmussen, coming to you from my home. Uh, we are snowed in a bit today, and uh, we we wanted to do this show anyway. Uh, it's going to be a kind of fun, relaxed show, hanging out. That was always the intention. Uh, we thought about just canceling today due to snow, but uh, weekly MTG is coming up on an important milestone. This is show... 198 uh and then the first two shows of the year on january 3rd will be 199 and then our 200th episode where steve sunu the original co-host will be coming back uh is taking place on january 10th and so we wanted to make sure that we did the show so that we still hit that important milestone um also i don't get to do these fun kind of hangout shows as much as uh i'd like and since we're at my home and I have all my stuff here, uh, turn the volume up. I can also talk a little bit into the microphone more. Um, hopefully that helps. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of hang out uh, for the next hour. I've got my collection here, so I, I grabbed some of my favorite magic things, and we'll talk about them and then tell stories and chats. Um, and then if you have random questions about kind of whatever, if I can answer them, I will. And we'll just hang out uh, and do the last show of the year. Before we do that, a little bit of news. Um, as you may or may not have noticed this morning on Daily MTG, uh, we made kind of the last announcement of the year, uh, which is that starting with Phyrexia All Will Be One, card legality will be determined by pre-release date instead of release date. Uh, our philosophy has shifted to if you have the cards, you should be able to play them. And um, we're finding more and more that um, there's players who, who get cards at pre-release and they just, they just want to play with them at an event. And so we're going to start allowing that with Phyrexia All Will Be One. Um, that means that, practically speaking, for tournaments on February 3rd, Phyrexia All Will Be One cards will be legal. Now, we don't expect stores to go out and run a bunch of like modern and standard tournaments on February 4th featuring all will be one but you know what if people have a few cards and it's the wild wild west for a tournament or something we think that's kind of fun so that is happening with phyrexia all will be one and uh yeah stay tuned for that all right um keep letting me know if the volume's low i'll i'll try to talk loudly all right so um I'm just going to kind of run through some of my favorite things. Feel free to ask questions about them, about magic generally, or or whatever. Uh, yeah, to answer the card, the Rhino art before the stream started is the Wizards Holiday card, Chaos Wrap. So um, I am going to start my favorite things by kind of walking through my magic history. Um, oh, let's see. Could you go into any detail with the WPN's exclusive secret layers? Um, I... Can't. I don't have any additional information beyond what is in the article that went up today. Um, how does that affect rotation? Uh, it means that card legality is pegged to pre-release date. So whereas rotation used to happen on release date, it will now happen on pre-release date. Uh, why bother calling it pre-release at this point? Because 
Um, it is pre-releases are still um, exclusive sale periods. I, I believe I may be technically saying something wrong, but this is the gist of it. Pre-release periods are still exclusive to WPN stores, so Wizards Play Network stores. All right. Okay, so my first favorite thing. So this is newly finished. This, as you may be able to tell, is my complete set of Ice Age. So Ice Age is the first set I started playing. Uh, my first product was an Ice Age starter. Um, and I just kind of played it right out of box and eventually split into two decks. One was black blue and one was red, green, white. You can tell which path I went down after that. Um, but I've, I'm not much of a collector of full sets. That's never really been my thing. Uh, but since uh, in the past couple of years, once I realized how close I was to an Ice Age set and then an Alliances set, I actually finished my Alliances set, which is this here. This is my Alliances set. So I have a complete set of alliances. Alliances was my first set release. So I put to, I actually completed my alliances set first. Um, you can see at the top there, Balduvian Horde. I had at the time two Balduvian Hordes, and Balduvian Hordes was Horde was um, seems laughable now, but at the time was like the chase card from the set, and uh, I got two of them. And I played a red-green land destruction deck. And the two Balduvian hordes I have in here, the one at the top of the binder and then the one that's placed properly within the set, um, are the two original Balduvian hordes I had back then. So both of those are near and dear to my heart. Um, they're the only complete sets that I have um, outside. We do get complete sets of the non-foil main set for releases as Wizards employees. Um, so I do have those, but it's a little different than collecting it on your own. Uh, all right, I'll pause and answer some of these questions. Any discussion thoughts about a legacy council like the Pauper one? Um, we've discussed it a bit internally, but I don't have any sort of news or traction on that. Um, any visual updates to Mitko so it'll be closer to Arena or joining those two platforms together? So. Um, Magic Gathering Online, MitGo, is actually managed by another studio now. So we have a really close partnership with them. Um, the individual who was managing a lot of that uh, when MitGo was a Wizards platform moved to that company as well, Daybreak. And um, so any questions about future MitGo stuff would have to go to Daybreak. Um, so joining the two platforms together uh, is unlikely to happen, but... Um, will there be a banned and or unbanned announcement in January? Uh, we don't, I don't have one on my radar right now. Nothing has been sent to me. I do think we're due for, we do have, um, so the way the band announcements work, I can talk a little bit about that, is that we do, whenever there is an issue, there's a meeting. And then there are also quarterly check-ins to just have, um, conversations about the formats, health, that sort of thing. I think we're due for one of those conversations coming up. Uh, that doesn't always result in a BNR announcement, but it can. 
Um, is Ice Age your favorite counterspell art too? No. I'd have to think on what my favorite counterspell art is. You know, I might be a, a counterspell art do I have it here. That'll lead me into my next favorite thing. So um, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I play Canadian Highlander. And I played in an event this past weekend, and I split in the finals with the deck I'm holding in my hands. And I'm going to check and see what counterspell I have in it. And then I'll talk about the deck, too. Uh, 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 I'll talk about a couple of my favorite decks, both in Canadian Highlander and Commander. Where is the counterspell in here? Uh, 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 um, did I just, I probably went right past it. Um, so I'm going to say, oh, here it is. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite art. I really like, I was a huge fan of the, oops, going the wrong way. Um, the Strixhaven um, archive. And so I, I really do enjoy those. Um, also, it's hard to beat the Mark Poole classic counter spell. Um, so I'm going to go with the, either the Mark Poole or the Strixhaven one. Okay, so the... Uh, 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 any reason why the video is not using the whole screen so we can see the cards better? And at home, we're a little restricted on what we can do. Um, Blake's other favorite thing, the cannon under deck he destroyed me with. Ooh, who did I destroy? Um, okay, so blah, 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 blah. let's do this. Okay, so this is this is the deck. This is a four-color lands-ish monstrosity. I try to go fancy with things where I can. So I'll just show off some of these. Um, let's so you can see fancy stuff. It's four colors. Um, strip mine is one of my pointed cards. If you don't know Canadian Highlander, uh, it uses a points system. Uh, for this one, I went with the Ukiyo-e lands because they fancy. Um, so let's see, some favorites in this. Okay, so this card is mediocre in Canadian Highlander, but it's pretty cool that I own one. So I play it in here. It's actually one of the reasons I went with a lands package so that the deck could actually um, reliably bring Library of Alexandria back from the graveyard. Yeah, I do have the full deck list on Twitter, but it's just, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. Retro frame foils and, um, yeah, the, this, yeah, most of my Trilands are full. Well, I like fancy things. Um, all right. And then, but I also like some of the older stuff. So this card, MVP of the deck, weirdly enough. Uh, also brings me back to the Ice Age period. Um, actually, this is probably the real MVP. I've run more games with that card over the weekend. Um, this is, this is, and I got to get, I don't have, I mean, it's an OG Life from the Loam, so it's still pretty cool, but I got to get something fancier. Um, you know, another reason to play four colors is you really, you really want to be blue-green for this and Oko, or uh, that and Uro. Um, and then probably the most busted card in the deck. Not pointed, though. Um, yeah. So it's four colors, uh, no white. You can play four colors with white in the lands package because then you can get, um, if you go no black, 
you lose some of the tutoring and the discard and the disruption that I really like, but you can actually um, get some cool stuff. You get the Teferis, you get um, Omnath. Pretty cool. Um, how many points is Lotus? Lotus is seven, I believe. So that was not my commander deck. That was what was called, a, that's a Canadian Highlander deck. Um, let's see. Okay, so I see a question about what is the point of legality around pre-release? What are you trying to incentivize? We're not trying to incentivize anything. We actually don't think behaviors will change. But what we are doing is um, letting people play with their cards when they have them. It's really kind of a feel bad to get this sweet new card and then show up to an event at your local store and be told, eh, you can't play that. It's it's not time. You got to wait a week. And we've kind of always known that was a thing. Um, but we were, you know, attempting to preserve this, this, the sanctity of this pre-release weekend, which we still do want to preserve. Um, however, with the advent of digital, digital doesn't distinguish between pre-release, release, release um, Mitko used to, but when you're talking about digital, card legality happens as soon as a card releases. So let's use tabletop and arena. So the current system, so for Brothers War, what would happen is there's a pre-release and then your tabletop cards were not legal. And then come Tuesday after the pre-release, after pre-release weekend, pre-releases can technically be a little longer than that. Um, after the pre-release weekend, cards released digitally, they are immediately available and immediately legal. So tournaments start firing digitally immediately on Tuesday. Uh, meanwhile, tabletop, you got to wait. Um, and that distinction is weird. And then Friday, global release cards are available. Tournaments can be um, can feature those cards. So we figured it would be easier and um, cleaner and also just nicer for players to line all of those things up so as soon as they release in tabletop you can play it now we don't expect stores will start running events immediately it's not like you're gonna have a pre-release on saturday and then a standard um rcq on, on sunday that that's not a behavior we've seen most stores focus on pre-releases on pre-release weekend obviously if that's when a ton of people come out to play with the new set so we expect that'll continue um, but what it does mean is if um, players show up for a commander event midweek or a Canadian Highlander or a legacy event or um, whatever a store is running on that given week, they can try out the new cards immediately. Um, there's there's no need to make them wait. So we think it gives a little boost to stores, especially WPN stores. Um, it's also worth noting that we are currently in the middle of a, a little experiment where at WPN stores, we used to restrict the amount and types of products that could be sold at pre-releases. And we've lifted that effectively. There's some nuance there, but effectively um, for three, for bro, one and mom, you can buy anything at your local WPN store pre-release weekend. So um, while we're trying that out, we'll add this in and we, it, we let people play with the stuff that they get. All right, let's see. Um, yeah, Zern Orb was restricted back in the day. I did maybe it was missing point. It was to be fair. It was really good with balance. Now, 
Balance was also restricted. Maybe balance should have just been banned, but anyway. Uh, yes, point-based singleton. I'm kind of bouncing around here. That is what that means. Um, there are no real events between pre-release weekend and release weekend the Friday after. That's correct. So that's why we don't think practically this is going to change anything. Um, but if there are events, we do want people to be able to play with them. So I, I think the number of events and number of cards that will be featured in events in that week between pre-release and release is going to be small. Uh, but why wouldn't we allow, especially something like Commander, if there's a sanctioned uh, Commander event, why wouldn't you be able to play with that? We do go from bro to mom. Dad is not next. Ivory Tower was once considered really, really good. Um, I, I played a lot during that era. Ivory, Ivory Tower was the bee's knees. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, so that was my favorite... Um, okay, we'll stick on the calendar deck. They want to know my points. And then we'll move on to Commander. Uh, I've also got some playmats that are cool that I want to talk to. Uh, who is your favorite Planeswalker? Um, probably, if you're talking just character, um, it's probably Jace. Um, but it's a little cheaty because my son's name is Jace. And so, uh, obviously, that has a little special place in my heart. Every time we go to the Wizards of the Coast office and we see photos, I'm looking for the points cards in my Canlander list right now, um, photos of Jace, he's really cute, and he'll say, hey, that's me. Points, 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 points. Um, I have four Canadian Highlander decks, and... I do have one of them as an uh, one of them as an ancestral recall list. One of them is a mock list because those are the things I own. I'll show those off too. Uh, uh, points, points, points. Fast pond not pointed anymore. Used to be. It is not anymore. Da, 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 da. I think that's all my points. Two, three, four. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, that's all my points. Um, okay, so my points in my four-color Canadian Highlander deck, or take your time. Vampiric Tutor. Vampiric Tutor is two points. Take your time is one. Crop rotations one. Strip mines three. Mine of Alexandria is one. Treasure Cruise is one. Mana drains one. Uh, were there any Spoilers or previews for Phyrexia all of you. No, we're not doing any previews on this stream. Uh, this is a, a good times hangout stream. Very, very little news except anything that I accidentally spill in response to a question. What's the deal with the epilogue boosters? Uh, we'll talk more about those in January. What are the mechanics that you like the most? Hmm, drawing card? Does drawing cards count as a mechanic? Um... I'd say cycling and scry. They just make things flow smoothly. And I, they make, they turn non-games into games, which I enjoy. Have I played Dan Dan yes, yet? Yes, actually, uh, former co-host and uh, 200th episode coordinator Steve Sunu has a Dan Dan deck. And we have played and it's great. 
Um, let's see. Questions I can actually answer. What's your favorite Praetor? Um, <laughs> I, I'm a blue player, Jingitaxius, probably. Um, I think Shouldred, OG Elish Norn and OG Shouldred are the most powerful. I really enjoy them in the current arena cube. Um, I like the things that the new Vorinclex does. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with Jingitaxis. I have no news about the Netflix series. I've seen a couple questions about it. I don't have any news on that. Um, favorite draft archetype in Bro? I really enjoy Bro. Um, I'm not very good at it. There are some draft formats that click with me and some that don't. Um, so, oh man. Favorite draft archetype in Bro? I Anything where I can... If my deck is capable of casting Cityscape Leveler off of like five Power Stone tokens, I'm sold. That's kind of my favorite. It's not the deck I've had the most success with, but. We see MH3 printed student instead of saying a year. Uh, I'm not, I, I know what date is targeted for MH3, but that's not public information yet. All right. Um, so my next favorite deck is, so this is my... Uh, if you're familiar with the uh, thought experiment of Theseus's ship, where um, you know Theseus had a ship, if you take pieces off of it and replace it with new pieces, and eventually the whole thing has been replaced, is it still Theseus's ship? This is my Theseus's ship first commander deck. So uh, this started out as a Bant, still Bant, uh, Rubinia, uh, the Soul Singer commander deck. And it was, to give you an example, to give you a feel for how long ago that deck um, was made, it was a Bant All the Combos deck, which used Fast Fun, not legal, Gifts Ungiven, not legal, um, and a bunch of different, it, it had the Fast Bond Crucible of Worlds, um, Zurin Orb package, um, it had um revel arc combos in it so it was basically bant all the combos and a bunch of the pieces just aren't legal anymore anyway so as that happened the deck evolved it's now a bant enchantress deck hence hence to oh, um it's got some of my favorite cards in it uh including another jewel of my collection which is this moat that i've had for a few years now um and then it's just, um, this is one of my higher powered Bant decks. You can see like, that's not even an enchantment, but it does broken things. And then Basalt Monolith does broken things. And you go through here. What are some other highlights of this deck? Um, things like City of Solitude. Love that card. Japanese Foil Time Warp. This is actually um, when I started at wizards we were cleaning out some closets and i helped clean out the closet and as rewards are like hey we have this extra stuff you can just pick something and take it and there was a japanese foil uh m10 set and so i took it and so that's from that and that's that's another reason and i said i don't collect sets very often i like playing with my cards um i'm not 
you know, my fanciest cards, my moat, um, this cyclonic rift, I don't put them in binders generally. I like playing with them. And so that's why I don't have a lot of sets lying around. Um, but yeah, this one is, what else is, so the way this deck, it's an enchantress deck, but I also have doubling season plus planeswalkers that do busted things with doubling season. So, um, but of course I have all the enchantresses. They draw cards. It's great. Um, what else is in here? Yeah. And, and like I said, this one's high power. So this is my Italian mana crypt. Not even double sleeve. I'm not a double sleever. I'm not. I'm a pretty careful shuffler. This is um, one of my favorite doubling seasons finds in the deck. Now it's kind of mean. Uh, so that is Jace the Living Guild Pack. Not a great card, generally speaking. But uh, that ultimate there, which can happen immediately. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library. You draw seven cards. It's really mean. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's not. This is this is like I said, one of my higher powered decks. It's not CDH. I'm not playing um, like all the fast mana, but it is quite strong. Quite strong. I mean, it's playing things like Mind Over Matter, which you know is only ever a fair card. Only ever a fair card. There's my there's my Sarah Sanctum, and yeah. Yeah, so that is, it is technically my original um, commander deck back when it was called Eldragon Highlander. There's not going to be much in there that is still from the original deck, I think. I didn't have the moat back then. Some of the dual lands might be, but I've upgraded most of them. Uh, the Tundra is probably the original Tundra. This Academy Rector is probably an original you know oddly enough i didn't get my savannah until later anyway that's probably my favorite commander deck uh let's see it's chinese have i gone through this entire time thinking that let me look at that i honestly i did not look too closely Chinese. Where's that time warp? Have I just been diluted for a very long time? Where'd that time warp go? Um, okay, I should talk while I'm looking. Triple sleeping. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, is there any chance for new infect cards? Maybe. Uh, da, 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 da. Mm -mm -mm. Did they give you either of the MTG keycap sets? I don't know what a keycap set is, so I can't answer that. Hmm. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that later. Um, so who's getting completed? You have to tune in to find out. What's your favorite preview so far? So if you're asking about Phyrexia, all will be one. Hmm. 
Isn't I gotta I gotta remember what we've actually previewed so far. Even though I did the show, I also work on the preview plan, and so I bounce back and forth. I'm currently working on the March of the Machines preview plan, so I need to be very clear in my head about what we have and have not previewed. I'm just gonna look it up. I'm just I'm just looking it up. I'm gonna play it safe. We're gonna go check it out, and then I can answer that question. Um, I am. I will say. Super excited for Phyrexia All Will Be One, having seen the whole set. Super excited for March of the Machines. March of the Machine, singular. And super duper excited for Lord of the Rings. That's kind of my excitement scale for the upcoming stuff we have. All right, first look at Phyrexia All Will Be One. I think I could remember all of these things, but... It's been, a, it's been a hot minute. I just want to make sure. Honestly, it's kind of the treatments. That um, oil slick that we showed off is really cool. Um, I, my favorite is probably the um, Icker treatment for Phyrexian Obliterator. Phyrexian Obliterator, um, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite cards. I've played it, um, but I'm not a, I'm not someone who plays with cards that just attack and block, generally speaking. But Phyrexian Obliterator, that, that art is so amazing. It's really cool. All right. Were you always such a likable guy? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, I'd like to think so. Maybe. I, I have been, it's not, it's commonly known that I was born 40 years old. So I wouldn't say my personality has gone through like super shifted upheavals in that sentence sort of makes sense. Um, when did I start playing Magic? Ice Age. Yeah. So one of my favorite things, the Ice Age set. The Ice Age set. So yeah, I started playing with Ice Age. I was 13 years old. You can probably do the math, but you don't have to because I'm 40. Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, still no info on Arena on Jumpstart 22. Uh, the, I mean, the info is that uh, Jumpstart 22 is not coming to Arena. As of now. I, and, you know, obviously never say never, but it is not planned to show up on Arena. Well, thanks, everyone. This has just become an appreciation stream. I like that. And you know what? I appreciate you all. So I will show you two other of my favorite things. So um, I mentioned I had an Ancestral Recall and a Mox List. And this, I'm going to show you two cool things in this binder. So um, I have four pieces of power. That's as far as I've gotten so far. So the uh, Sapphire is the newest um, acquisition that I traded for. Um, Love the Ancestral. The Time Twister is beta. It's a little beat, but it's still pretty cool. Um, time Walk is my next target. We'll see. Um, also in this folder, so I started this. It's fallen off a little bit because it's hard to it's hard to stop by magic stores when you travel with three kids. But, and also, you know, the pandemic, so we haven't traveled as much. But basically, um, after my wife and I met, I started getting a magic card in all the places we went to that sort of represented it. So this first one, uh, it's a little shiny. It's hard to see. Um, we went to Verona, and we were there, and we were wandering around, and we just ran into this little magic shop. 
Uh, Verona might sound familiar from uh, Romeo and Juliet. And so I got an Italian antiquities Misha's workshop, which is just super cool and random. Um, and then that was one I just found and, and liked. Uh, then I was in Victoria uh, with my wife and I got a Stormwatch Eagle and I got it because um, it was storming when we were there. Uh, and then this is from our trip to Ireland. And basically I bought a pack and um, got, and just put the green cards in there because Ireland. Uh, this was from our honeymoon in Greece. We, uh, it was kind of funny again, I, I bought a pack of uh, Journal Masters. And it was kind of funny because we, um, ran into this couple um, who we made friends with, and then we got back to Athens and I made them just, I made us walk all over Athens until we found this card shop so I could pick up a card. Um, and then these are a couple of my other favorites. So this one up here, we went to Kamloops, which is a place up in Canada. And it's, I got a Tanawa um, because the, um, uh, there's a story about a sea monster there and uh, Tanawa seemed fitting. And then this one is a trip to Orcas Island. We go to Orcas Island all the time. And I got a Jace Cunning Castaway because um, it was our son Jace's first trip there. Uh, does my wife play? She knows how to. She has a cat deck. We have played. Uh, it's not uh, to the same extent, obviously, that I do. But she uh, she loves me, and so she plays, and she does enjoy it. She enjoys it more when we're playing with uh, the Danners, uh, friend of the show, Elena Danner. So this that reminds me. So this is actually my wife's. So this is my wife's collection of signed Elena Danner cards. So um, I I'm not sure if we're a hundred percent up to date, but this is basically all Elena Danner cards that have ever been printed. Um, I think we, I have to check, we might be a little bit behind, but um, yeah, we've known the Danners for a while and they're really good friends. And so, uh, and my wife loves their art, brings me to another one of my favorite things. Um, and so she more enjoys playing with them and in, in this, she enjoys the social aspect of it. Uh, I'm much more on the competitive side of things, but my wife certainly enjoys playing um, when given the, the opportunity. So, and then the Time Twister is not in a deck. I have thought about it and looked at several ways to do it. I've thought about trying to combine it with uh, Narset and stuff like that, but uh, okay. I read somewhere that the official statement for legality of reversible art cards for from secret layer currently is going to be updated. Uh, would you have an idea of when that is going to be announced? Uh, no, I need to check on that. The yes, the tournament rules are being updated so that the reversible cards from secret layer are tournament legal. Um, okay, so this is one of my favorite play mats. So maybe you can tell. So, um, that is my wife and I um, and on this playmat, and that is art by Elena Danner. And my wife commissioned it from her, and they tricked me and told me that we were posing for another piece of art 
that she was working on for a game. She, she does art for a few different games. And um, so my wife commissioned it. So we have a painting and then we got play mats made and it's amazing. And my wife loves me. That's, that's that story. I do play board games. Uh, we play a lot of board games. And when we have time, we have three small children. So as, as we're able, uh, we have played D&D, &D, but it's really hard. We had a game going um, with some coworkers um, and friends, and it's just really hard with a bunch of little kids. Uh, Mishra's workshop was only printed in English. Did I say Mishra's workshop? It was an Italian Mishra's factory. Steve wants to know where my mug is. It's right here. There's me. There's co-host Steve, if you didn't know. Coming back for episode 200. Is there another Chandelar stream planned in the future? We actually talked about doing that for our 200th episode, um, but Steve came up with a different idea. I'm letting Steve run the show on this 200th episode. Maybe to my detriment, we'll see. Uh, but we'll look to do a Chandelar stream when we have some, some time. Out of all the new sets and different borders and showcases and secret layers, what would you say is your favorite style? Um, I'm going to give two answers. So my absolute favorite um, of all the different styles we've done are the um, is the Strixhaven Archives, Mystical Archives. That is my favorite singular style. My favorite style overall are the extended and well okay actually let me give three answers because my other one's the retro frames um one of my mm, other favorite decks other favorite commander decks is an entirely retro frame blue white deck so here's rasputin leading it and you can see it's got things like browse and time warp in the old frame dismiss a lot of old cards that i loved back then you know old old frame opportunity or original opportunity things like air tie but since we started doing these retro frames i get to add things like hey Drifter. so i really love the retro frame um i obviously have played for a long time and so that takes me back and makes me happy um, the other one is just uh, extended for um, no border. I really love the bleed. That's the on arena. I play with the borderless lands. Uh, so I, I do like those as well. Um, is the future site border ever going to come back? It's my favorite border. Uh, never say never. I don't know. Which set are you most excited for next year? I, I talked a little bit about Blake's excitement scale, which is I'm going to patent, I guess. Um, Right now, top three in order of increasing excitement is one, March of the Machine, Lord of the Rings. That just happens to be the next three sets that we're releasing. Um, I'm, so, I'm so excited for the Lord of the Rings set. It's so freaking cool. Uh, and I can't wait to start talking about that one. We've got a little bit of time on that one until we start talking about it. Um, but one, and I'm just starting the preview planning uh, for March of the Machine, and oh, that set's so good. That's what set's so good. Um, do you all ever do live games on the stream here? We have. Um, we've. It, it's it's a little challenging to do. Um, not impossible. We have done it. We've done some commander games and that sort of thing. Um, but 
we don't get a ton of these sorts of like chill and hang out sort of stream opportunities. So it's, uh, it's something we'll, we will do again. And, you know, there may be an opportunity to do some commander play, um, with some new products in the future, but also we recognize that other streams just do it better than we do. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of MPG Mudsta, of game nights, obviously. And, um, uh, there's several other commander streams, um, EDH hijinks, uh, or elder Dra elder dragon hijinks. And so I, there's just other streams that do play better than we do. Now we are moving into a new studio sometime in 2023, probably. And we're going to be better set up to do it at that point. So we may certainly look at doing more of them at that point in time. All right, let's see. I'm going to run through some of these. I'm falling behind on questions. Great questions. Um, <laughs> favorite card with snow or ice in the name or art? I mean, Icy Manipulator is the first one that comes to mind just because it's a classic. Um, and even though everybody loves the ice ball art, um, I have a special affinity for the, the ice crank art from Ice Age just because that was the first one. Uh, is Lord of the Rings MH3? No, it's not. It is a Lord of the Rings set that is modern legal. Can you say anything about the Doctor Who tie-in? No, I can't actually. It's great. I'm not, a, I'm not super familiar with Doctor Who, um, but I'm not making the set. Gavin Verhey is, and Gavin Verhey is the Doctor Who-iest person I know. So it's in good hands. I will say that. Uh, Blake, have you conquered your fear of the sea yet? No. Um, did you have a phase where you were super spiky? Yeah, I'm still pretty spiky. It's it's just I'm competitive in, in most games and competitions. Um, my spikiest magic period was um, probably around college and just after. So I had one PTQ top eight. I had a near miss at a team GP. Um, I never made the pro tour, but um, I did travel to PTQs. God, almost 20 years ago now. Can we expect the same power level of cards from Lord of the Rings than what we would see in a modern horizon set? Um, I am not an expert on that set. Um, I would say probably not. Um, that's not the emphasis. The reason Lord of, so Lord of the Rings was not originally, let's see, Lord of the Rings is modern legal um, because it's so cool. And we want as many people as possible to play with the set. Uh, it is not modern legal because it was designed specifically for modern. I guess would be the way to put that. It was not like we set out to make Modern Horizons 3 and skin it with Lord of the Rings. We set out to make the best Lord of the Rings set possible. And it's a really good Lord of the Rings set. Um, and when we realized how good it was, we wanted as many people as possible to play with it. And so we made it Modern Legal. Hmm. Uh, any live coverage of MagicCon? So MagicCon, uh, MagicCon Philadelphia, we're still discussing what will be live and what won't. I'm actually probably doing a panel 
uh, actually a weekly MTG live. I mean, they're live already, as you can tell, uh, but weekly MTG in person, maybe. Uh, we're doing one of those panels at uh, MagicCon Philadelphia. We're talking about what's live and what's not. Now, what will be live at the MagicCon is coverage of Pro Tour, Phyrexia, All Will Be One. What do you think is the most powerful set coming up from the three? I don't know. I've not looked at the card file for Lord of the Rings in that light. So I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, any plans to reprint Allied Fetchland soon? Hmm. Not something I could answer if I, if I wanted to. Favorite 2023 sets? Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Any chance of another Magic Cruise? I don't know. <laughs> um, that wasn't that wasn't put on by Wizards of the Coast. That was put on by an external group. So I'm not sure. Uh, is the Magic Final Fantasy a 2023 or 2024 release? I don't actually know off the top of my head. <laughs> Will Sam's pony need to be eradicated for power level concerns? Uh, may, uh, may, maybe, probably not. We don't. We don't. Eh, I shouldn't say we don't do that. Uh, 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 is Lord of the Rings only a commander set? No, Lord of the Rings is a full booster release that um, will be modern legal as well. Uh, real question, will the paper and arena Lord of the Rings releases be identical or will there be changes to some cards a la HPG? Um, I'm trying to remember what we've said publicly on that. Um, my understanding take this with a grain of salt um is that they will it will just be wholly lifted that it will just be the lord of the Rings set it will not be changes a la hbg uh what does the tattoo on my arm say yeah i guess you can see those i have two i have one on this arm and one on this arm um okay this one says quobatimus it is a uh, latin phrase meaning where are we going uh there's a story behind it but it was lifted from uh, an episode of sports night which was my favorite uh, show for a long time, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, Aaron Sorkin has its, his problems, but um, I like the way he writes. And uh, the Quo Vadimus speech at the end of Sports Night is one of my favorite speeches and was telling me at the time. Uh, this one, let's see, get that up there. Um, so my grandfather was in the church choir and these are how the rows were arranged and the circle is where he stood and it kind of looks like a musical note which which works for the whole motif but it's simple um and it commemorates my grandfather so and those are the two i have <laughs> uh do i pay the one yeah pretty much always uh still no updates on the netflix show and no updates on spectator mode um it's seen on the blog of Mara that normally there should be no change. Yeah, uh Lord of the Rings, I'm I'm fairly certain. Again, grain of salt, uh, because I'm working with no net here. Fairly certain Lord of the Rings has no changes for Arena. <laughs> All right. Let's see, we've got 13 whole minutes left. Um, so let's go with a couple other favorite things. Um, all right. This is one I get asked about occasionally. This is my nearly all foil Azami 
Lady of Scrolls deck. And I'm not going to show because we're at home. Um, foils don't show up great on camera, but uh, it is a wizard tribal deck, uh, or sorry, wizards creature type matters deck. Um, you know, things like Fairy Seer come far better. Um, Cyclone Summoner actually does, you know, cool things. Um, so it's nearly all foil. I've made some exceptions for Sapphire Medallion. And let's see, what else have I made exceptions for? And I haven't, I have not held back on um, power level either. So this, it's a fairly powerful deck. So, you know, things like Foil Force of Will. Um, let's see. So another non-foil, so Mind Over Matter doesn't have a foil version, uh, is completely busted in this deck. So we play that. Yes, it does play Thassa's Oracle. That is also foil. Um, things like the foil Sky Diamond. Yep. Let's see, are there any other sick foils in here? Foil Mana. Um, let's see, Foil Ancient Tomb, Foil Chrome Mox, Foil Future Sight. It's pretty sweet. Um, all the Foil Islands. I don't want to change out the Foil Islands. Anyway. Um, all right. Christmas adjusted question. Favorite elf. I actually do have um, an elf deck, but I'm going to go old school and say Priest of Titania. Uh, will Commander ever come to Arena? Uh, never say never, but it's not on the current roadmap that I've seen. And and again, keeping in mind, I'm not... I, I deal with Arena when things are about to become public, not, uh, not their long-term roadmap. Uh, any updates being able to set a default land style in Arena? I don't have any updates on that. I know that some of the recent tech they've rolled out is to move in that direction, but I don't know anything beyond that. Any discussion about initiative cards and eternal formats and issues with power level? Um, we have not... So I'm sure the studio has talked about initiative cards in eternal... So I'll, I, I have not had any of those conversations. So I can't speak to any sort of official position of the studio. I'll talk about it from Blake Rasmus and Magic Player's position, which is that um, initiative cards are not a power level issue. What you've seen with the white decks that use initiative cards, um, these are three and four mana white creatures, generally speaking. And what they do is they let the white deck win faster and in different ways. Now, I'm also not a legacy player, so super grain of salt and all that sort of stuff. But it's really hard for me to look at a format that has Brainstorm, Force of Will, um, Swords to Plowshares, and um, all the dual lands and say that initiative cards are a power level concern. And more that they are different and they shake up the format. Um, you know, casting, which the four mana one is Seasoned Dungeoneer, I think. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't remember if that's the three mana one or the four mana one. Um, but if you're casting a four mana white creature um, 
and winning with it, I think that's okay in Legacy. I think that's fine. But again, that's Blake's opinion, not Wizards of the Coasts or the studio's opinion. Favorite basic land art? Um, I like the Cup Island a lot. It, it used to be pretty clear for me. Like, I love the Cup Island. I love the Mark Pool Island. I love the uh, Lightning Plains. Um, two of those got reprints uh, in Dominary Remastered, by the way. Um, and I got to see some of those cards in person yesterday. And Dominary Remastered is up there on the excitement level for me as well. Uh, really cool. Um, so I'm going to save those for now. Uh, any info about Magic Con in Europe, location and dates? Uh, that is near finalization. Everybody's out of the office, basically. So um, we don't have that exact info right now, but that is coming uh, very close. Um, when will Dreadbore be released on Explorer? I don't know. When will Legacy come to MTG Arena uh, like a Legacy mode? Probably not anytime soon. Will Arena come back online soon? I didn't realize I was down. I've been here doing this or uh, watching children because we're at home. Okay, this is a good question. Better question is why make all of these cards eternal legal? Like really, we need special products, pushing boundaries, but not eternal. Unglued cards should not be legacy legal. It's just out of place. Legacy is a format where you can play anything that's not banned. So... To say these cards are out of place um, feels more like wanting to keep the format as it is and not uh, speaking to the definition and the spirit of the format. A lot of players out there, whether they play in sanctioned tournaments or not, do abide by one format or another's ban list. Now, if you just want to say, I want to play with whatever, a lot of players will look at the legacy ban list and say, okay, you can play whatever, but let's ban these cards. Um, when you're not playing in sanctioned tournaments, these legality things are guidelines and they are ways to help people level set what is and is not legal. And so um, legacy legality uh, and commander legality are very similar. Uh, so I, I, would, I would challenge that it's out of place certainly philosophically, uh, whether or not it's out of place aesthetically, um, that's, that's sort of subjective and not something I think that the game rules should be uh, affecting. Uh, wasn't MTG Arena supposed to be on Steam by now? I don't remember. Um, favorite draft or cube set? Uh, the original Modern Masters. Original Modern Masters. Are you currently brewing a deck around a cool combo or interaction? Um, you know, I just don't have time <laughs> to brew decks lately. Um, I play... So my primary formats that I get to play regularly are Arena. They don't get to play Paper Magic a ton. I do... Uh, you know what? Mentally, I have been brewing um, a sort of um brewing isn't even the right word because ben wheeler played these lists a couple months ago which is what piqued my interest but like goblin welder sort of artifact based um semi-combo-y but not all in 
artifact decks for Canlander. That's where my head's currently at. But I, it's even then, I'm, I saw Ben Wheeler playing with, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. So I don't currently have a cool combo or interaction. I my brewing time is just a lot less than it used to be. I maybe I built several brawl decks to meld Urza. I guess is the closest. Um, favorite border, old, modern, or specific secret layer types, uh, retro frame, no border, and um, whatchamacallit, the uh, archive from Strixhaven. Okay, I've only got about four minutes left, so I'm going to try to run through whatever questions I can and then call it a week and talk about what is coming up. Uh, do I know when the next BNR will be announced? We do not have one on the calendar currently, even internally. Uh, when is Goblin Recruiter being unbanned in Legacy? Man, I hope never. I know you want to talk about power level concerns. Um, I lost actually to Goblin Recruiter in Canadian Highlander, not this past tournament, but the one before it. Um, that card's just so good. And there have been cards printed since then um, that make Recruiter even better. So I don't know about unbanning. Recruiter. Recruiter is kind of, Recruiter is a one card combo. Do I like the art of the Just Add Milk Secret Lair? I do. All right. What's the holiday schedule for Wizards looking like when you guys do that? Great question. So a lot of people have already started taking off work. The office is closed next week. Weekly MTG will be off next week. Uh, we will be back January 3rd with our 199th show. That is the one where we will unbox Dominaria Remastered. We're going to do that on January 3rd. January 10th is our 200th episode. Um, I know a little bit about what Steve Sunu has cooked up for that, but not a ton. Uh, so that's our schedule there. And then January 19th is kind of the real kickoff of the new year. That is the debut day for Phyrexia All Will Be One. Uh, ba, 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 ba. And yeah, it looked like looks like that covers all of the questions. So thank you everyone for tuning in to this very casual, happy stream today. I appreciate you all coming in, hanging out, chatting for a little bit as we head into our winter break. We are going to be back, as I just said, January third. Uh, same magic time, same magic channel, and all that jazz. Uh, with the Dominary Remastered opening. Uh, and then don't forget the Dominary Remastered releases January 13th. Really cool set. Tons of retro frames. Um, like I said, I got to open some of that yesterday and check it out at the office. And it's a really cool set. Uh, so we're going to open that on January 3rd and talk about it. January 10th, Weekly MTG's uh, 200th episode starring Steve Sunu coming back for a guest appearance. And then January 17th is the big debut and kickoff for Frexia All Will Be One. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I've been Blake at home. We'll see you not next week, but January next year. We'll see you next year. That could have been so much smoother. See you next year, everyone. Bye.